When you're a little kid, when you're afraid, what do you do? You hide, right? You hide. I remember being a little guy, just a little Sean, getting into trouble and hiding under my bed. <laughs> yeah, you saw the picture on Facebook, my little third grade picture on Facebook this week if you are friends with me on Facebook. But um, when I was just a little Sean, you know, I'd get into trouble and I'd hear the wooden spoon come out and uh, could do that in those days. Uh, but uh, and wh- the first place I would go, I'd go hiding underneath the bed. I didn't want to be found, and yet somehow they found me. Even as adults, we still hide. When we're scared, and when we're full of fear, and when we're worried, we tend to hide. I think back to the Garden of Eden, to Adam and Eve, and after they sinned, they were afraid of God. And what did they do? They hid. And they, they, God came looking for them in the garden, said, where are you? And they came out and they said, we were hiding because we were afraid. We were naked and ashamed and we were afraid. We were afraid. They were afraid of God. They hid because they were afraid. We hide too. We hide things from people. We hide things. We try and hide things from ourselves, from the reality of our own situations. But we'll hide. We'll hide from our spouses or we'll hide things from our spouses. We'll hide from our uh, bosses. We'll hide things from our bosses or our co-workers. We hide. We'll hide things from our children. We'll hide things from our friends. We'll try and hide from people when we're afraid. And like I said, we'll even try and hide from God, like Adam and Eve tried to hide from God. And it's impossible to hide from God. It's impossible to hide the secrets of our lives. Eventually they will come out. And we try and hide our sins, and we try and hide because of our sin. This morning, we're going to continue in our new series called Psalms in the Key of Life. And we're looking at psalms all summer long, various psalms throughout uh, the Psalter in uh, the middle of the Old Testament. Um, All summer long, we're going to be looking at various psalms. Last week, we started a series by looking at Psalm 121, and today we're looking at Psalm 57. And Psalm 57 uh, is a psalm that David wrote when he was hiding, when he was hiding in fear. And so we're going to talk a lot about fear today, but not just fear. Uh, We're going to talk about how we don't have to settle for fear. You don't have to settle for a fearful life. You don't have to settle being afraid. You don't have to settle fear. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, David would not settle for fear. Rather, he anticipated victory. And so we're going to see today in Psalm 57 how David was afraid, yet how he anticipated victory from God. And we'll talk a little bit about the story behind this psalm and why he wrote it uh, as we talk about fear and victory today as we look at Psalm 57. So grab your Bible. If you have a Bible, if you didn't bring your Bible, grab the one in the pew in front of you. But grab your Bible, turn to Psalm 57, and grab your bulletin that you picked up on your way in and turn to page 3 to the handy-dandy outline. And we're going to fill in some blanks starting right now. The very first blank on your outline is lying down in fear. Lying down in fear. Let's look at Psalm 57, verses 1 through 6. Now look there at the... the, uh, 
at the very beginning there it says Psalm 57, and then you may have like a little title there. It says, For the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of which we, we don't know the song Do Not Destroy, although it kind of sounds like a heavy metal song, doesn't it? Do not destroy. Anyway, kind of cool, right? There's David rocking out, you know, in, in the cave. Because that's where he is. It says of David, a michtam, when he l- fled from Saul into the cave. So he's fleeing from Saul and goes into a cave, and then to the tune of Do Not Destroy, he writes this song, Psalm 57. He says, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. David was hiding from Saul in a cave. And we find this story in 1 Samuel chapter 22, the story of David hiding in the cave. And the way that it came about was in 1 Samuel 17, David slew Goliath. All right, you all remember the story? Only a boy named David. Okay, all right, he he takes the five stones, only needs one, takes five stones, puts them in the sling, puts the one stone in the sling, round and round and round and round and round, lets it fly, hits uh, Goliath right in the forehead, Goliath falls down dead. Okay, so you've got David slaying Goliath, cuts his head off with his own sword. How awesome is that? Um, and then uh, David goes back to, he chases the Philistines. They, they, uh, they rout the Philistines. David goes back to Jerusalem where King Saul is waiting. Now, when David enters into Jerusalem in 1 Samuel 18, the people are chanting David's name. They are chanting songs of praise to David. They say, David has slain his tens of thousands Saul has slain his thousands now King Saul is the king of Israel and um, the people are very enamored with David David has slain the Goliath the champion of the Philistines and King Saul hasn't done much of anything so they chant David's name they sing his praises in 1 Samuel 18 and Saul has become two things one he is very fearful of David, that David is going to try and take his throne, and he's jealous of David. He's jealous that all these people are now enamored with David. So Saul is jealous. Saul is afraid. You know, he was the king, but all of a sudden now the people had a brand new champion. So instead of praying through his fear, Saul instead decides that he's going to pursue David. He's going to chase David down. He's going to hunt David down. He's going to kill him. The first attempt to kill him, David is in the palace with Saul, and David and Saul throws a spear at David twice. He says, we're going to pin him to the wall. He misses. David takes off. Now, David was best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. Okay, that's actually how my son got his name. Was we named him after David's best friend, Jonathan. Um, But David and Jonathan are the very best of friends. And Jonathan decides that he is going to protect David, his very best friend. He is going to save him from his father. And so we see how in 1 Samuel 19 that Saul tries to kill David and Jonathan rescues him. Now, David is now running 
uh, in fear for his life. Uh, he didn't know where he was going to go. He didn't know what he was going to do. And so he ends up in a cave at Adullam, which is in the land of the Philistines. So he is now in enemy territory. He is being pursued by his king who wants to kill him. He is terrified. He is hiding in fear in a cave. Now, the cave provides natural protection because it's a safe place to go. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of caves. It's kind of hard to find. But he, he realizes um, that he is being pursued by a madman, and he is terrified. He is scared. Um, so what does he do? He writes a prayerful song. He writes Psalm 57 because he is afraid. He expresses his fear to God. Now, he's in this cave for protection, but he realizes in this psalm we read that he realizes that God is his true source of refuge, his true source of shelter, his true source of safety. He could sense God's love. Look at verse 4 one more time. Psalm 57, verse 4. He says, I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongue Tongues are sharp swords. He is lying. He feels like he is lying down and sleeping with lions. Now, that's a terrifying thought. Being surrounded by lions and ravenous beasts, hungry lions who only want to make you a snack. And that's what David feels like. He feels like he is lying down in fear. How many of you ever or maybe even now, how many of you ever had trouble falling asleep at night? Because you're afraid. Or you're worried. Absolutely. I've had those days. You just, you go to bed and you're trying to fall asleep and the worries of the day or the worries of life are just flooding your mind and you can't think of anything else and your mind is just racing at a million miles an hour. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this? How are we going to survive? How am I going to make ends meet? What about this thing that I've got uh, on my arm that scares me to death? What about this tumor I got growing inside of me? I'm terrified, I'm scared, and I can't fall asleep. I think a lot of people have had those kinds of days. A lot of people have had those fears. What about my health? What about my family? What about my safety? What about my finances? What am I going to do? We can't sleep because we're so filled with fear. And sometimes it's of our own doing. But sometimes it's just situations and circumstances that are beyond our control. Where do we turn in those moments of fear? We should pray when we are afraid. We should pray to our true source of refuge, our true source of strength, our Heavenly Father. But too often we'll do something else. Instead of praying about it, we will fear, we will be afraid, we will fret, and we will worry over the things that are uh, causing us worry, over these things that we just don't know how we can control. We need to pray to God our Father and admit our fear. Lord God, I am afraid. I am worried. I am anxious, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Heavenly Father, I need you. You know, I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and what he did. Here here he is facing the cross. The very next day, they're going to crucify him. They are going to, he is going to suffer and he is going to die. And he is facing the cross. What did he do when he faced the cross? He prayed. 
Listen to Matthew 26, 36 through 44. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I'm going to die. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the the same thing. Jesus prayed when he was facing this situation that he could not control. He willingly laid down his life. But it was the Father's will to crush him. It was the Father's will for him to be crucified. It was the Father's will for him to die. And he prayed, Father, if it is your will, I will do it. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't want to do. Sometimes God asks us to do things that are hard. That we don't know how we're going to make it. We don't know how we're going to survive. We don't know how we're going to get through what God is asking us to do. Yet we turn to Him for strength. We turn to Him for power. We turn to Him for refuge. We turn to Him for shelter. He is the one who can get us through it. Jesus was praying while His disciples were sleeping. Jesus knew that He was going to suffer and die. And He turned to His Father in prayer for strength. We must follow His example. When we're facing things that we can't control, when we're facing things that we don't know how we're going to get through it, when we're facing things that that cause us to be scared, I don't know that Jesus was afraid of the cross. I know he wasn't looking forward to it, though. When we're facing things that we're not looking forward to, when we're facing situations that make us scared, we need to turn to God for strength. We need to turn to God for protection. We need to turn to God and seek refuge in Him. To cry out for His mercy. That's the very first thing that David says in this psalm. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. We need mercy from the Lord. We need that peace that goes beyond our comprehension. We need to turn to God for comfort in prayer. To turn to God for comfort in prayer. The second blank on your outline is waking up in victory. Waking up in victory. Look at verses 7 and 8. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. (coughs) David fell asleep in fear, but he would not wake up that way. He would not wake up in fear. Rather, he says, my soul, I will awaken the dawn. Awake my soul. He was going to awaken the dawn in victory. He anticipated the Lord's salvation. He knew that God was going to rescue him. He prayed in faith. He prayed in faith when he was fearful. And he trusted the Lord to give him victory. While he may lay down in fear, 
He may fall asleep in fear he was going to awaken in victory. He knew that God would give him the victory. He, like I said, he anticipated the Lord's salvation. There was an expectation of victory over his enemies. Not because of his goodness, not because of his righteousness, not because of his strength, not because of his power, but it was because of the grace of God, because of God's power and God's strength, because of the Lord's mighty working in his life. Rather than crying out in fear and in hopeless despair, David was singing a song of victory to the Lord. He was singing a song of victory. I know that I am afraid, O God. I know that I am surrounded by ravenous beasts. I feel like I'm surrounded by lions who want to take my life, but I will not be afraid anymore. I will trust in you for victory. And it is God who gives the victory. We'll talk about that in just a second. But rather than crying out in fear, David was singing a song of anticipation, of anticipated victory. And God gives us victory. You know, too often we'll lie down in fear, and what do we do? We wake up in fear. We'll fall asleep. Oh, Lord, I'm so scared. And we wake up in the morning, and still the same worries and the same fears are going through our minds. We haven't prayed about it. So how can we anticipate victory if we don't pray about it? How can we anticipate victory in in Jesus if we don't pray about our fears and our worries to him? If we don't surrender our situations and we don't surrender our circumstances to God, we will never have victory over them. But God gives us victory through faith in Christ. Listen to 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5. John wrote, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But it is through faith that we are given victory. There's an old hymn that we used to sing. Faith is the victory, right? Jesus gives us victory by faith in Him. By faith we can have true victory and we can overcome the world. In Proverbs 21, 31, take a look at this. It says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Victory rests with the Lord. We can make our own efforts to fight the battles. We can make our own efforts to try and get ready for battle. We can make our own efforts to try uh, and defeat our enemies. But in reality, victory rests with the Lord. Our faith must be in the Lord. We can try to secure our own triumphs over fear and worry. But only when we trust in God can we have true victory. Only when we trust in God can we have true victory over fear and worry and anxiety. The greatest victory in life, though, comes at the very end of it. I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound... And the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God... He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory through Jesus. 
Through faith in Christ, we can overcome the grave. Through faith in Christ, we can overcome death. Jesus, by his death and by his resurrection, has given us the promise of eternal life. He has given us hope beyond this life. He has given us hope beyond the grave. He has made salvation possible. If we will believe in him and repent from our sins, confess our faith and be baptized, we will be saved by God's grace. We will have the promise of eternal life and the promise of victory over the grave. It is not because of us. It is not by our efforts that we are saved. It is because of Jesus Christ that we can have salvation. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, and he did, when he walked out of that tomb, he secured victory for all of those who will believe and be born again. We have promise of victory over the grave. Death has been swallowed up in victory, Paul wrote, because of Jesus. And now he has walked out of that tomb victorious and he is alive forevermore, reigning in power and glory at the right hand of the Father, ready to return and take us to our heavenly home. Alive forevermore, alive forevermore in our hearts, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And when you get baptized, the Bible says you get the gift of the Holy Spirit and God's very spirit comes to dwell in your heart. And it helps us to be transformed, to live transformed lives, to become fully surrendered and fully devoted followers of Jesus. And that's the goal. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're all about. Our mission statement, to make disciples who love God, love others, and spread the gospel. We're about making fully surrendered and fully devoted followers of Jesus. To help people lay down everything at the cross and to surrender everything in their lives to Christ. And to say to Jesus, I give you my life. We want to do everything we can as a church to help people become fully surrendered, fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's what Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is all about. Jesus said to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's how we make disciples. That's what we're committed to doing. That is our vision as a church. Now, the final blank on your outline is celebrating with praise celebrating with praise look at verses 9 through 11 i will praise you O lord among the nations i will sing of you among the peoples for great is your love reaching to the heavens your faithfulness reaches to the skies be exalted O god above the heavens let your glory be over all the earth david's confidence in god to give him victory caused him to celebrate with praise he sang of the lord's faithfulness he sang of the lord's love God did not abandon him. When David was hiding in the cave, he knew that God was with him. God had not abandoned him. God had not left him. God had not forsaken him. God had not forgotten about him. But rather, God knew right where he was, and David knew where God was. David was God was reigning on his throne in heaven, and he was with David, and he would not be afraid anymore. Instead, he would celebrate with praise the promised victory that God had, was going to give to him. God would never stop loving him. He would be faithful to him forever and ever. And David would never stop praising the Lord. We need to trust in God for the victory in our lives. And when victory comes, we need to praise the Lord for it. Too often we'll, we don't do that. We don't praise God when victory comes our way. We don't praise God when good things happen to us. We think, oh, eh, that was lucky. That's nothing to do with luck. It has to do with God's blessings and God's love and God's faithfulness and God's power and God's strength. That's nothing to do with luck. It's not a coincidence. It's God. 
And we must give him the praise that he deserves. For he alone is worthy of glory. He alone is worthy of honor. He alone is worthy of praise. For God is good all the time. And all the time, amen. God is good. He is the true source of our victory. Without him, we have nothing. And with him, we have all we need for victory over fear and worry. God is worthy of our praise. He is the one who gives us victory over the trials and fears of life. And too often, I feel like we don't, we don't have that victory because we're not tapping into God, the source of God's power. We're not tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And so we live lives of defeat. We live lives of fear. We live lives of worry. And we're not uh, anticipating the victory that God can give to us by his mighty power. Does that sound familiar? Do you feel like a, uh, an energy, uh, like you lack energy? Like you lack the energy of God, the energy of the Holy Spirit within your life? That you're like a, uh, like a, a microphone that isn't plugged in. You're like a microphone without a, without a battery in it. No one can hear you. But God knows right where you are. And he is waiting for you to tap into him and to pray to him and say, God, I need your strength. I need your power. I need the victory that only you can give. God is our deliverer. He is our salvation. He sent his son Jesus to pay the price to take the punishment for our sins. He sent Jesus to rescue us and only Jesus can save us. Look at Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no other name that can save us other than the name of Jesus. Jesus alone can save us by the grace of God. So whom shall we fear? Of what shall we be afraid? Is there anything to fear when God is on our side? Is there anything to fear when God is on our side? No! There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. God is with you. He is on your side. He will give you the victory. Turn to him. Trust in him. Believe in him. Hear him reassure you. Sense his Holy Spirit in your heart. Promising you victory. The God who made us is the God who loves us. And he can give us victory in Jesus' name. So let us praise him for the victory that only he can provide. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln made a speech. This is what he said. He says, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have persevered these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which persevered, which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. We must never ever, ever forget God. In the good times, in the hard times, in blessing and in fear. When we are afraid, we must turn to Him and we must pray to Him and never forget Him. For God is our God and He is our Father and He loves us 
so much and he is faithful to his promises and he is faithful to his word so as we face moments of fear that cause us to worry and lose faith and whatever it is that you fear today whatever it may be a health crisis it may be a financial crisis uh, it may be someone you know is suffering someone you know is dying it may be uh, some kind of fear that you don't even it's just a nagging fear. You can't even put words to it. You don't even know why you're afraid. You just know that you're afraid. Whatever fear you're facing, it is time to pray in faith, to trust the Lord, to give us victory over what we are facing. David trusted the Lord and he cried out to him in faith and he anticipated victory and he praised the Lord for it. We're going to do a little thing right now. We're going to have a little time of prayer and I'm going to begin and I'm going to be quiet for just a few moments. And I want you to think about that thing that's on your heart, that thing that's nagging at your heart, that thing that you've got, that fear going on inside of you. You know what it is? Do you know what your fear is? Do you know what you're afraid of this morning? We want to pray about that today. And like I said, I'm going to take a few moments. I'm going to begin, and then I'm just going to be quiet. And I want you to pray about that fear. I want you to surrender it over to God and say, God, I give you this fear. I give you this thing that I'm afraid of. Maybe you're afraid of the unknown or you're afraid of the future. Or maybe, like I said, it's a financial crisis that you're facing or some kind of health crisis that you've got. Or there's someone who's heavy on your heart that you're thinking about and you just you want to turn them over to the Lord. We're going to do that right now. We're going to pray, but we're going to pray in faith. And we're going to believe God for his promises and believe him for his victory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we turn to you now in prayer. And Lord, you know our hearts. You know what is going on in our minds and in our souls. You know the fears that we face. Lord, we are all too aware of our own fears and worries. When David was in the cave and when he was afraid, he prayed. So God, this morning we pray. And we lift up to you these fears that we have right now. Lord Jesus, you have heard our prayers. You have heard our fears. You have heard the things of which we are afraid. You have heard the things that we, we know we can't control. Help us to trust you in faith and to believe you for victory. Victory over fear. Victory over worry. For you have promised us victory over the grave. Thank you again that you love us so much, that you hear these prayers and you have already begun to move to bring us peace, to calm us, to reassure us, to give us victory. We pray all of these things in your holy name. Amen.